Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractors Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. Isaac, man, that was that was an awesome conversation with Eric Oberham uh, from DNM Roofing. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to call Eric a friend that I've you know met through this industry, yeah. and I think the the fact that I can call him a true friend, you, when you listen to that conversation, it just comes out from him how important people and relationships are to him and his growth as a as a leader and as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. I think he really boils down to the kind of the core of what makes a company worth working for is when you have people that care about each other, right? And uh, he exemplifies that on so many levels of his own life, but he talks, and he'll talk about it here, not to give too much away, but just how much he even cares about himself, uh, which helps him care for other people by caring about his own personal growth and investing in that. Yeah, I think that when they listen to this conversation, they're really gonna see how he took a family business and scaled it to where it's, still a family business right. with just a lot of people that aren't blood related. Right. Um, I think that there's so many little things you can take away from Eric um, in the conversation that we had. Uh, definitely going to be worth the listen. I think they're yeah. going to really enjoy it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractors Playbook. I'm joined by Eric Oberemt, DNM Roofing. And this is going to be a good conversation because... As we always say, we're talking to real contractors about real things in the contracting industry, and we're going to be able to get real today. Eric is actually not just some somebody I've met in the industry, but he's a friend of mine. So I'm going to ask Eric some questions. We're going to dig a little bit into his his business and how they've gotten to where they're at. And so, Eric, thanks for jumping in with us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So I think... The and I love the fact that I know some backstory about DNM, so I've got some good questions here. But I think I want to start with how long DNM Roofing's been around and kind of how you got into uh, DNM Roofing. Yeah, you bet. So <clears throat> I've, obviously, I've told this story a few times, but uh, my my grandfather Delton Mares, which is the DNM in DNM. Uh, my grandfather started the company back in 1965, uh, and we were primarily just a tar and gravel roofing company. He had a, he had an old flatbed truck and a kettle that he hauled behind it. And, uh, that was how he got started. He, he worked for somebody else prior to that. And the story that he always told me was that he had, he had 50 bucks in his pocket and he got a kettle and he started selling jobs and he did that for a long, long time. And I lived with my grandpa as a kid since I was seven years old. So he raised me. And that was kind of how I got introduced to the industry. I started going out when I was six, seven years old, you know, going out on bids and driving around in the truck with them and things like that. When I was probably 10, um, I was up on the roofs, you know, plastic and soil pipes and, you know, le learning that kind of stuff and started doing tear offs. And by the time I was probably 14 or 15, I was running a kettle back in the day. Um, by the time I was 16, I was running the crew. Uh, doing the installs and everything. Uh, the day I turned 16 was um, when I first started selling <clears throat> and I could, you know, I got my actual driver's license. Uh, so he gave me a yellow pad of paper and a couple of addresses and said, you watch me long enough, go sell it. And I went and sold a, 
$500 remop on a garage in Dundee. Um, and so that was my first sale. And I kind of, I just kind of knew that was what I wanted to do. Um, I knew it in high school. Um, I knew it even when I went to college, I was coming back here, I was going to Lincoln and I was coming back here and still selling and helping to install and things like that. And, um, then grandpa passed away in 2015 and I was running pretty much all the day-to-day operations at that point already. Uh, but he passed away in 2015. And then that was when I took over hundred percent of the company and, and kind of started a new trajectory. Yeah. So, and that's, I think a great segue into that new trajectory. So, uh, obviously your grandpa was doing something right for, you know, a company to sustain for 50 years and put food on the table and, you know, give people livable wages. Uh, that's impressive. You know, you went through a lot of different economic times and it sustained the test of time. 2015, when you took over, what was it that made you realize that maybe we can scale this thing or maybe I want to scale this thing or this is how I'm going to go about scaling that thing. So we got a lot of pieces to the puzzle here to unpack. Uh, but what was it that like kind of clicked with you that said, okay, now is the time that we're going to take this to, to another level. So I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember looking back, um, you know, in my say early to mid twenties when we were working kind of side by side. And I remember vividly, paying attention to how hard he worked and how, how tired he was all the time. And I realized that he had a job, you know, he had a business, but he really had a job and, and he had to go to work every day and bust his ass to, to make that wage, right? Like it was selling jobs and he owned a business, but at the end of the day, he had a job and he was working really hard. And as I was kind of in that mid twenties area, I was like, at some point, if I continue down this path and I, and I keep this business, I need to figure out how to work smart and not hard. And, you know, I don't want to be up on roofs, you know, for the rest of my life. Cause I was like, that's not, that's not sustainable. Um, you know, he did it like well into his sixties and I mean, there's just no way that I was going to do that. So, you know, I remember we had a, we had a big hailstorm here in maybe like 2007, and we, we had our biggest year, you know, uh, income wise to date. And we kind of got a taste of that. And we had a couple of good crews that worked for us at the time. <clears throat> and it kind of just clicked that that needed to somehow become our model. Uh, but keep in mind, like I was never, I wasn't a good student. Like I didn't, I, I went to college, but I didn't go to class. You know, I mean, I just, I showed up. I, I, I quit because I quit school because I couldn't find a parking space. I literally like drove around campus and I couldn't find a parking space. And I was like, and I'm done. And I called my grandpa and I said, Hey, schedule me some more appointments. Cause I'm done with this shit. Um, and that, that was how I quit school and said, I'm, I'm all in, you know, for, for the company. Um, but I knew that I had to figure out how to do that and how to run an actual sustainable business to where I could have other people working, you know, for us. But for that, for that time frame between 2007, 2015, you know, I did everything that I could to, to, you know, continue to, to, to grow us as far as sales went, but grandpa was still pretty old school. He didn't trust anybody, you know, to come into the business to be part of it. Like he wanted it all family, you know, family run and everything. And there's only so many family members <laughs> that you can you know work with. And so when he passed away in 2015, like I said before, I was still, I was already kind of running all the day-to-day stuff. I was doing 
all the ordering, all the, all the books, all the, I was doing everything. And in 2015, he passed and I made a conscious decision that I was going to invest everything that I had into making this a viable business and not just a job. And I bought property and I started hiring people, started hiring sales reps, production managers, all that kind of stuff. But I had to do it very slow because I didn't have a ton of disposable income. And so I just took everything that I had. And then if we had it, we had, we'd have another good year and I'd reinvest everything that I had back into the business and hire two or three more people. And I'd reinvest and reinvest and reinvest. And then in 2016, I made a decision to go to my first conference. Um, I had never been to a conference before. I had no idea that there even was roofing conferences other than like, you know, an IRE or a, you know, uh, MRCA type deal. And I uh, didn't have any desire to go to those. Um, and I went to my first win the storm actually, which is coming up. And I went to my first win the storm in Miami and I brought that first sales rep that I ever hired. And I went there with the intention to meet people in the industry, different vendors and things like that to figure out what type of softwares and technologies and things like that, that I could bring into my business to, to make things run, you know, like a business and run smoother. So I didn't have to do it all. And that was really the beginning of, of our trajectory and all of the networking and everything that I've done since then is what has landed us, you know, where we're at now. And now I've learned through all of these relationships and the different conferences that I've went to and the different friends that I've made, um, you know, you don't realize how much you don't know, you know, um, you know, back, there's not a roof in school to go to. I mean, now there is, you know, everybody's got their own roof in school and their own training platform and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't have that. We didn't really have that back then. You know, there might be like sales seminars and stuff, but like how to legitimately like run and scale a roofing business. Like that didn't, that didn't really exist back then. So, um, or, or I didn't know about it. And so I started doubling down and I learned, you know, how to hire people and, and, and how to use them properly and how to build a culture. And I think that's the thing that I'm the most proud of now is the culture that we have here and the people that we have here. You know, we went from, we had, you know, one employee in 2016 to where we've got, you know, 20 plus in-house employees now, you know, plus crews and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So I want to, I want to get to the culture thing here in a minute, but what I really want to focus on is I think you and I probably met sometime in 2017. So I wasn't at when the storm 2016, but we met sometime in 2017 and the shift that I've seen you make in those three plus four years, whatever that is, um, has been amazing. Cause you know, you, you started going to shows, you, like you said, in 2016, you learned, I would say you are now a serial learner. Um, you know, every time there's a big show, Eric O is there. Um, what clicked for you with that? Because, like, obviously you said that you, you realized there's a lot of things you don't know, but when did it truly click for you that, man, because I think it's a, it's a thing that a lot of contractors just in general have a hard time doing. It's a hard pill to swallow that – there's people out there that know how to run a business better than I do. And I can learn from them. What was it that clicked for you? Was there a moment where you're like, man, that's what it was. And I'm going to keep doing this. So there's a couple moments. Um, 
and I'll go, I'll go through three of them real quick. One was personal growth stuff. The second was uh, figuring out how to scale our residential business. And then the third was how we were going to scale our commercial business. So a, a couple of years ago was when I met Sam Taggart. And I joined Sam Circle and I went on my first like retreat that I ever went on. I've been on, you know, tons of them now, but that first retreat I went on, um, I learned more about myself than maybe I cared to. <laughs> and, you know, he, he had us literally sit out in the jungle for 12 hours from 9am to 9pm by ourselves in a little square. And we couldn't talk to anybody. We couldn't have anything. We didn't eat. We had a jug of water and a notebook and a blanket. And we literally laid there. Well, he actually gave us a chair. He gave us a chair and everybody walked away and I unpacked my chair, you know, like one of those, you know, chairs. And as soon as I did that, it, it broke in half. So I didn't have a chair. Everybody else had a chair, but I had a rock <laughs> and, and a blanket that I, that I laid on all day. But I literally, I, I, I laid there all day and you'd, you'd doze off and, and whatever, but you'd have these moments of clarity and you'd sit there and journal. And, and I sat down and I, and I journaled and I wrote out all these different things that I wanted to do. And I realized that running the business is obviously super important. But what I really realized was that it was all the other things that I actually really cared about that I wanted to be able to do by having a successful business. So I had to figure out how to make my business successful and profitable so that I could actually do the things that I wanted to do with that money that actually fulfilled me. Right. And when I, when I changed that mindset, it changed everything. And so I was able to get super intentional about separating the residential division from the commercial division and having somebody take over that responsibility and say, okay, we need this many reps to do this much. And they knock this many doors and they, you know, all those kind of KPIs and stuff that, I mean, literally 10 years ago, I didn't know what the hell a KPI was. Like I literally didn't know what that meant. Um, and now like my business is based on them, right? Because that's the only way a good business, you know, runs, but I had no clue. Um, and then separated out the commercial division and had people that were responsible just for commercial sales. And, and now that, now that everything's starting to kind of, you know, run itself, now I'm able to, I get everybody on the team to really buy into all the other stuff that we do, whether it's charity or it's, you know, things that we're doing to give back. And that that's the stuff that's really important, right? Selling a roof now is a widget. We all sell different stuff, right? We sell roofs and we take care of our customers. And the income that comes from that is what allows us to do something for the greater good. And that's why that's the culture that I've built. And that's why people stay here. And that's why I don't have a lot of turnover. You know, you're always going to lose sales guys and gain sales guys, but like my internal core group, um, they really buy into that and really believe in it. And that means a lot to me. So I maybe went down a little bit different road and I apologize, but yeah. No, I love that. Um, because I think even like to, to people that don't truly know you as a person, you, they may be seen you around those kind of things, like to even just picture you out in the wilderness for 12 hours and dozing off and journaling, <laughs> like, like, you know, when I first met right. you, I'd have been like, no, he would have never done that. But like, no. I've seen, I, and I've seen the growth in you and it's, it's, it's been awesome to see, like, 
now not only are you going to events, but you're on main stage and giving keynote addresses. And so, you know, now you're looked at as an expert in the field, which I think is a pretty, pretty awesome to be, you know, 2015 where I'm like, eh, let's try scaling this thing. I think I want, want to do it. I think I know what needs to go into it. And now here we are 2021 and you're given main stage addresses. Um, but let's talk about, let's double down on this education thing because you're still going to events all the time. You're still, you know, you're still seeking advice from the coaches out there, those kind of things. Do you see that as something that ever ends in the contracting world or is it just ever evolving, ever, you know, just adding to your arsenal um, as a business owner, sales, those kind of things? I, th I think that the minute <clears throat> that you think you know everything, you're done. So, I mean, I, I know that. I know that I don't know everything. I learn something, you know, every day. Now, maybe that's not every time, you know, like necessarily just working with a coach, but keep in mind, I spend tens of thousands of dollars every year working with coaches as well. Right. Because I know that there's a ton of stuff that I don't know, but the education that I get from the people that I've made friends with in this industry on a national level, and I get to have the opportunity to tap into those and be able to pick up a phone and be like, Hey, I am really struggling with how I bonus this guy or keep this guy motivated or whatever it is. And I get to have those, those conversations with, you know, like actual friends now. Um, that's such a big thing. Uh, and, and, and that's another one of the reasons that I keep going to the conferences, right? I mean, I go to a conference, I might go sit in like one or two breakout sessions and, you know, listen to the, listen to the main stage. Cause I'm always going to grab something, but I grab a lot from just the people that I meet that are there. And I go, Hey, how do you do this? And they're like, Oh, well, I do this. And I give them some feedback. And all of a sudden we're like, Ooh, if we combine these two things and we did it this way, you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I, I get a lot of, I get a lot of education from that. And, you know, when you see the guys, you, know, you see, you see the guys online all the time on Facebook and, you know, like uh, talking shit about learning, like literally. And they're like, if you don't know that already, you know, and it's like, man, the minute that you, the minute that you stop learning, you might as well just dig your hole, like just be done with it then because you're only going to go this way and your people aren't going to want to stay with you because if you're not continuing to up-level them and getting them to events and getting them to new training every year, then they're going to be stagnant. Right. So, I mean, even if I, even if I think that I don't need to learn something, which is an ignorant statement to begin with, I know that I got to keep, I have to keep up-leveling my people. Right. And if I don't keep up leveling my people and getting them the new trainings and the new everything is coming out, making sure they're up on the new insurance laws and that, 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 you know, and all the stuff that comes with that, you know, I'm, I'm doing them a disservice, you know, at the same time. And why would they want to stay with me? Why would they want to work here and make their money here? They can make money anywhere. Right. I, I have to give them a reason to why, why they want to make money with me. Great points there on how important your people are and how much of an asset they are to your company. Uh, we're going to take a quick break from our conversation here with Eric, but we will be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of the Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by CompanyCam. CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field no matter where you are. Check out CompanyCam and CompanyCam Pro, now with video. And we're back with more from the Contractor's Playbook and our conversation with Eric Obramp from d Roofing. Yeah, and that's 
kind of couples into my my next thing I wanted to talk about was that culture. You you hit on culture a little bit already, and although I've never seen one of your Christmas parties or your events in person, you. I've heard you throw pretty awesome Christmas parties. I've seen, I, you know, I follow you guys on social media. You're always doing things for charity. Um, how important is that to the overall culture at DNM Roofing that, you know, you work hard, but then you're also playing hard. You're also giving back. Um, family is obviously a huge thing for you. I would assume that's something you instill in your whole team is, you know, find time to spend with your family, those kind of things. Is that something that, you know, you think takes your company to the next level? Yeah, I think that it, I think that it's what has got us to where we're at and it's going to be what continues us down our path. I mean, uh, if you see any of our literature or anything like our, our hashtag is we are a family. Um, it's on all of our shirts. It's on all of our everything. And the reason that I did that was, you know, when we started, we were always just a family run business, right? It was me and my grandpa and my grandma, like we were the ones that literally did everything. And I knew that we were going to grow. I knew that if that was something I set my intention to, that that was going to happen, but I never wanted us to lose track of, of where we came from. And, uh, and keep in mind, I didn't know what culture meant back then. Right. I had no clue what culture was. That's such a, you know, tag where it's like synergy, like nobody know, you know, like whatever. But so, I didn't know what that was, but I always knew that that was like the feeling that I wanted in the company was that everybody was family. And I, I have meetings and we talk about it. And I say, Hey, look, what do families do? Families argue. Families don't always get along. Families fight. But then what do families do? They sit down and they have grown up conversations and they figure out what their problems are and then they solve their problems together. And, you know, just because I, I, I know that we have this great culture here, it doesn't mean that we don't do that sometimes. It doesn't mean that we don't butt heads, but it means that everybody knows that we can all go sit in a room and have a conversation and, and, and get past whatever it is. And I think that that's what keeps us together um, and, and keeps us down that path, you know, that we're, that we're trying to, uh, that we're trying to achieve. Like we all know what our goals are and what we're trying to do together. Does that make sense? 100%. And I think, a common theme that I'm getting from all of these answers is building positive relationships. It seems like everything you've talked about, you know, whether it be with your team, uh, whether it be with your clients, with the community, um, as you learn, you know, and your peers in the industry, you're all, you're just, it constantly goes back to building these positive relationships. Um, it seems like that's been a pretty important piece to your growth. Uh, is that, you know, kind of where you hung your hat and just, you know, cause the thing is that you can build relationships and then you can build meaningful and positive ones. To me, you're the type of person that if you're in Eric's circle, it's a real relationship. You can call Eric and you can talk to Eric about whatever you need. Um, is that kind of how you, you know, you've scaled your business and built everything out with that type of a mentality? What I, I, I don't know when it was that I kind of had this epiphany, but I kind of had a moment where I, I figured out that for me, that the customer, <clears throat> the customer wasn't my concern anymore, right? My concern had to be my people. And if I put all of my effort, all of my time, all of my care into my people, and I figured out how to make them better, 
every day, every year, that they were going to take care of our customers, right? So I was able to take the responsibility of taking care of the customer off of my plate, right? Not my concern anymore. Those are my people's concerns, but I know that they're not going to unless I take care of them. And that means, you know, like you said, being part of charitable work, you know, giving away, going to food banks, all, all the stuff that we do, having, you know, our, our Christmas parties or our summer parties that we have at the house every year on the lake. Like we, we do all of these things and we do it with our crews, right? And we, we don't just do it with our in-house, you know, guys we and gals, we bring every crew that works with us throughout the year down to the gutter guys that nobody even knows. And we have, you know, and we have, and we have parties uh, for those guys just to show them that they're appreciated because those guys, the, the, the office staff and those guys out in the field, they bust their ass every day for this entity that is DNM roofing, right? Like it's an entity, but if we make it feel like it's a greater good, it gives them that why when they get out of bed every day. And it's not like, Ugh, I'm going to the office again. It's like, Oh, you know what? We got to go to the office again and do something good. And it's not just all about selling the next roof, right? It's about, it's about being able to sell that roof so we can do something better. So in, you know, two, three years down the road, if you live in Omaha, Lincoln, Des Moines, wherever we're, our offices are at, and somebody's looking to work somewhere, they're not even going to think of us as a roofing company. They're going to be like, I just want to work there. Like, what a cool place to work. Um, that's literally something I wrote down this year that that's one of my goals. I want people to like, see our sign somewhere and be like, I've heard that that's a really cool place to be. And they don't even know what the hell we do. That's what I want. Isaac, uh, he said, basically everybody gets to come to these parties. Let's make it our, let's make it our goal to get vendors, like cool vendors that are local on the invite list to go to these parties. Cause you know, we can roll maybe sometime. Um, so so I kind of want to wrap things up with an analogy here. So this is the contractor's playbook. I love talking sports. I know you enjoy talking sports. I think when I think of DNM roofing, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on this, but I think that you guys are very much like a well-oiled football team where you're in the head coach role, but you've now decided to empower and bring in extremely talented assistant coaches to put your team in position to win to the point where, you know, like I even was thinking when you were talking about the customer and they're not your concern anymore. It's kind of like your, your opponent in sports. They're not our concern anymore. I have the right coaching staff in place that if we just do what we're supposed to do, everything else is going to take care of itself. Um, I, I don't even want to mention the analogy that I'm thinking of. So we're just going to leave it as a head coach because We've got a buddy that would like this would just go to his head if I yeah, said I the analogy. I know, exactly but where you're, I know exactly where you're going, and I like it came into my head, and we're not going to say we're it. not going there. But no, you no. you are would would it be safe to say that you are that head coach that has turned the keys over to your commercial team and your residential team? So that that's who I want to be. And here, here's actually a really good analogy, and it's funny because my wife and I were literally having this conversation the other night. I had a football coach in high school and his name was coach Wartman, Elkhorn high. Um, one of the most amazing high school football coaches that you've ever met. He was there forever. He's literally just retiring. I think this year he won multiple state titles. Um, one of us with us, of course. 
Um, but um, amazing coach. And there was something that we as players would always talk about back then. And we always said, if we went out on the practice field and Coach Wartman came to us and said, guys, today we're going to play badminton. And the reason we would have all literally looked at Coach and been like, if Coach says badminton is going to make us better football players, then damn it, we're playing badminton today. Right? And I, I remember that moment still. And, and looking back, I realized that that was who I wanted to be. I wanted to be Coach Wartman, and I wanted to have a team that would look at me and say, if Eric says we're playing badminton today to be better sales reps or to be better whatever the hell your job is, then that's what we're going to do because we believe in Eric and his vision and the company and what we're doing. And so I think it goes back to what you were saying, right? It goes back to your analogy, but with a coach that we all don't like. Um, so I thought we'd bring it to a coach that, that you know, like I loved. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I actually was privileged to play in the Shrine Bowl with Coach Wartman. So oh, that's we, right. we, 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 we both know him. I can't say that. Amazing I love dude. Him. Amazing yeah, I, dude. Like I loved it. Like he was the most amazing man growing up. Like the stuff that he did. I mean, we're going on a tangent, but that was the, that was what I wanted to be. That was the kind of leader that I, that I wanted to be. But back to your point of the other coach, it was the people that were in place underneath him that ran those departments and ran those divisions and ran the defensive line and ran the offensive line and ran the D backs. Right. You knew that every single one of those guys was as good as the guy above him. Right. And that, and that they were running the show exactly like coach wanted and they owned their departments. Right. And that, that, that's been our big thing the last couple of years is owning your department. So we made everybody here in the company read extreme ownership. Uh, by Jocko or whatever his name is. I don't know authors, but everybody knows that book. But amazing book, and and literally it was all about owning your shit. You know, I did my I did my my breakout deal at D to D Con this year, and I did an hour on leading with authenticity, about being yourself. Be you. Don't try and don't try and be me. I don't want the guys that work for me to try and be me. I want them to be them. I want them to be the best version of that of of themselves. Not I want to be like Eric. You know, own your shit, own your mistakes, own your wins, and then everything else is going to come. Absolutely. I think that's that's such a good point. And I think that, um, you know, to tie that all together, it's it's evident in your company. You know, I, I know Tim really well. I, I've seen your, your team grow, and you've given them the keys and said, hey, go do this. You've trusted them to make mistakes. I mean, and like you said, in a family, there's there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be disagreements. I'm sure there's probably been a time that you've wanted to wring Tim's neck, but you've trusted him to go out it's and do things. been a time I wanted to wring everybody's neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you trust them. And you, and, yeah, well, and, and keep in mind, too, for, for guys that are watching this, for guys and gals that are watching this that are new, that are maybe like infancy stages of a business or, you know, they're just starting to grow and whatever. This is, it's not an easy process to start letting go. Right. I mean, I remember when I just let go production and like building jobs and ordering jobs, that was like giving a child away. I mean, it was a super hard thing to give away that control as an owner, because like, you know how to do everything better than everybody else. And there's nobody that cares as much about your business as you do. And so it is really, really hard to give that away. 
I suggest to not do it all at once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. lear learn what you can give away when, get somebody really good at that and then give away the next thing. You know, and this is for people like smaller businesses that are just starting to, you know, ha have a trajectory. Um, because I know that that's frightening. Like it's super scary when you start out and you start giving away responsibility because you're like over them. You know, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Did you send that in today? Did you send it in? What, what's happening now? What's happening now? Did you call them? Did you call them? I mean, I did that for, you know, however long. And then I finally learned, all right, I got to step back or I can't do what I'm supposed to do. You bet. So I, I like to tie these all together with one question. So, and this can be from any point in time in the, in the progression, I would assume it's probably going to be from 2015 until today. But if there's, there's one thing that you do now that you wish you would have started doing sooner in your business or as a person, what is that one thing? Investing in myself, investing in myself, in personal growth, um, whether it's, um, God, I've done so much goofy shit. Like it, it's so funny because like, if you know me, you know, I'm not the guy that goes out and does hippy dippy weird, you know, meditation, you know, subconscious, you know, bullshit, right? Like that's not, that's not the persona that people think of when they think of Eric O, right? Um, and it's funny because it couldn't be further from the truth. Like I have so much bought in to all of that to grow myself mentally and, and physically to understand like how much better I feel because I'm, I'm, I'm physically better and I'm mentally better. And because of that, it's all translated into the business. My suggestion is don't be afraid to spend money and time on you personally with personal growth stuff, because when you do that, it will absolutely translate every single time into your business. Everything that I've done on a personal level, when you first start doing it, you feel like you're being selfish because you're like, oh, it's just for me. It's not. It's for everybody around you and everybody that you interact with because you're a better person. You're a better person and you want to give and you want to help. And it's not, you learn that it's not all about you and that the reason that you're here, I tell everybody in my company, I say, I could, I could shut this whole damn thing down and have three of us in this office and I can make the exact same amount of money. Like easily, right? I could have three of us in here. I got an office person and Tim and me and a bunch of crews and I could, I could make the same amount of money in my pocket. What I realized was, is that part of my mission, calling whatever you want to call it, is that I want to be able to empower other people. I would have never learned that if I wouldn't have taken the time to do personal growth to realize that that is actually what I care about. It's not about the money. The money comes, but it's about how many people can I affect? How many people can I hire and affect them and allow them to make $100,000 in a year with no college degree? And their only other option is sitting behind a desk and they're going to max out at 50 grand, mm -hmm. right? But, we, but I get to affect lives by teaching them how to do this job and they can make six figures every year if they put in the time. That's amazing, right? It's not just giving a guy a job, that's changing a life. And then that changes his kid's life. And that, you know what I mean? And it just keeps going on down the row. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And that's why I invest all of my money back into the business because I keep getting to do that. And that's what fulfills me. 
but it took me doing all the personal growth bullshit <laughs> to figure out that that's what fulfills me. Yeah. Well, I can truly say that it's, it's a privilege calling you a friend and, and seeing your growth, you know, in the last four years, just as a business owner, as a father, as a husband, it's, it's been truly remarkable. Um, so congratulations on that. And, uh, thank you so much for jumping in with us today. It's been a great conversation and guys, uh, Eric's going to be out on the road speaking. I can promise he's going to be somewhere. Um, listen to the guy talk. He's, he's great. So Eric, thank you. And thank you for hey, all. And I would, and it would be disingenuous if you put me on a podcast and I don't mention roofers in recovery. So Abs- we, absolutely. yeah, we got I, every, everything that I'm ever on. I am Eric with DNM roofing and roofers in recovery. So if anybody out there, you know, is in, um, in the recovery space, um, already, you know, in recovery or looking to get into recovery and you're in the industry, uh, please look us up, look up roofers in recovery on Facebook or check out our web, our website and, you know, check in with all of us with me or Paul and John and, uh, and reach out. We've already got three people in treatment right now getting help. Um, and we're continuing to do more fundraisers to raise money for our cause. We're going to have a really big booth down at Win the storm and we are going to be fundraising. So, uh, everybody get uh, start getting your pocketbooks out. So we're sending more people to treatment, and we're going to help as many people as we can this year. Yeah. So we've got we've got the man behind the scenes here with us, Isaac. Uh, we will make sure to get an episode, and we'll get Eric, we'll get you, Paul, and Jonathan all in, and we'll cool. talk roof, riffers in recovery, and we'll talk about because uh, that, that's a whole another tangent, and I yeah, I don't want to have to mention it. One hundred percent, but I don't want to yeah. leave it leave it with that. I want to do a whole episode yeah. on that. So we will get cool. that on the books here shortly. Um, again, thank you for jumping in with us today. I think it was a great conversation. Um, and we'll see you guys all next week. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. So much good stuff there from Eric O and DNM Roofing. Uh, cool conversation. Obviously, more to come too as we think about roofers in recovery and other conversations we can have and learn some more from him. But hope you guys enjoyed this one for Gogan and myself. Thanks again for tuning in to the Contractors Playbook.